Welcome, listeners, to What Are You Craving, a podcast between friends about food and connection. I'm Sarah, an ACE-certified personal trainer and certified health coach, mom of three, and lover of most foods. And I'm Angie, a licensed clinical social worker and doctor of counseling psychology, mom of two, keto eater, and lactose intolerant. So hold on to your butts, and let's do this thing. Okay, we're recording. Oh, we are recording. Mm-hmm. How are you doing, Sarah? I just, I know before this started recording, I gave you a really long speech about how overwhelmed I was and um, frantic I was. And um, I didn't get to hear enough about how you're doing. <laughs> um, I'm fine. We're, we're making it. <laughs> I'm fine. Our city's closed down. The kids have been off school. They will be off school for a week due to snow. It's just mind-blowing how the city just can't function when there's... I mean, there's snow. Definitely there's snow out there. But I guess just coming from the north, this is almost regular life. <laughs> yeah, it's really. it was really interesting. We, we used to live in um, southern... Southeast... Southeastern? Yeah, southeastern Ohio. Like in Cleveland, it's like, okay, we just got about 12 inches of snow. Get the plows out. Be careful, whatever. But life will just resume pretty quickly, like maybe one snow day. And if you just go like a few hours south, it's just like flurries and there's a shutdown because they're just not equipped. They don't have the infrastructure to manage it. Right. I wonder what the trade-off would be if they built the infrastructure, if they would recoup, I mean, it must cost people money to have to close down for, even if it only happens, I mean, it probably happens once a year that you have to close down for the weather, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't even know if it's that often, but to have to close down for a full week because you can't get anywhere, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is, but it's just crazy that we could close down for a full week because it was not safe to go outside and get places, but we couldn't close down for any amount of time because it was <laughs> unsafe to be around people and stuff. But yeah, that is an interesting conundrum. I, when you pointed that out to me the other day, I was like, "That's for some reason that just never even clicked for me that there wasn't a a, a backlash um, for people." But I don't know. I'm glad you're not shut down for one year due to weather. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah. But give it a couple of years. Anything can happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's possible. Um, okay, so what are, um, what are you craving? School to reopen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why? Because of... Is it the routine you're craving? Is it the kids having something else to do? Is it, what about that? Yeah, I want them to just not be in the house 24-7. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant just at all, period. <laughs> no, I'm not ready for them to like move out on their own. I just, <laughs> it would be great if around the hours of 8.30 to 4, they could just be... They could get a job, maybe, if school doesn't open yeah. back up. Like, oh, wait, all, all the jobs are closed right now. 
Well, you know, a lot of jobs are remote. They should start building some <laughs> skills when it comes to te teleconferencing. And so they're just going to have to adapt. That's all there is to it. They're going to have to get jobs and their own laptops. Exactly. Yeah. It's just going to have to be how it is. Um, I'm just reminded... I've never really been an outside, an outdoorsy person, <laughs> very indoorsy. And um, every time I see the kids like playing out in the snow, I just think that looks so miserable. <laughs> it looks so, so awful. There's just no part of me that wants to be wet and cold. There's no part of me that wants to put on snow pants. And this year, this was the year I bought good winter boots for myself, and that has made a big difference. It has um, motivated me to walk to the car more, but it does not make me want to sit down and play in the snow. I don't get it. Yeah, yesterday it was, or was it two days ago? I don't know. Some day in this week, it was all ice on the ground. <laughs> it was a day. <laughs> It was ice. Like, you could walk on top of it and, like, not crack the snow at all. It was just ice. And when my husband had the dogs outside, the puppy likes to run like crazy, and his paws were all bleeding. He didn't seem to care at all, but he there was blood coming off his paws, and I think because he's pushing, like, running so fast through ice. Like, yeah. And when we were out sledding, like glass almost. exactly. And when we were out sledding, one of my kids was like, "There's blood through the snow." It's like, "Oh, it's probably just your dog. It's fine. <laughs> Nothing to oh be concerned gosh. with." Well, what are you craving? Um. Well, today I was craving quite a bit of caffeine. I will say that I. Um, I had a very rare sleepless night last night, and then as soon as the sleepless night was coming to a sleep point, <laughs> then my daughter was having a sleepless night. Mm. So, um, although I don't feel, I don't feel tired. I just have that sort of, um, I don't know, days when I don't get enough sleep, I wake up and I feel almost like hungover. Like I have like a headache and I just feel like foggy and just I don't know maybe all those years I thought I was hungover I was really just not getting good enough sleep <laughs> well you look great oh well thanks I think maybe it's just the light <laughs> there's a nice blinding light of snow coming through the yeah. through that area whatever that thing is called I have had such a word find problem lately where um well for instance when you sent me the link to join this meeting, I accidentally misspelled my own name. <laughs> so there, there's that. Um, but yeah, I've just been having a real word find issue. I need a complete reset is what I'm saying. That's what I'm craving. I'm craving a complete reset where I have like a day off work where nobody is around me at all. And then I take a bath, have a good sleep. And that, I mean, I guess that's what I, that's what I need to reset. Go check. What do you do in. when you need to reset? Um, periodically Keith or I, my husband or I will go and just check into a hotel for a night and just mm. be by ourselves. <laughs> it's hard. Like we used to have a break from each other because he would travel a lot for work. Um, and now we don't. And sometimes it's just nice to be somewhere different. So every so often we'll do that. Um, but yesterday I wasn't feeling good and 
I was just like, I just, I can't function. <laughs> so I, he pulled his work stuff out of our bedroom, which is also his office, and let me just go and lay. But I couldn't fall asleep, even though I was so tired. I just like laid there, which was rest because the kids just needed a ton of stuff. So I still was resting, but. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm glad you have that mindset. <laughs> It's not a waste of time just because you didn't fall asleep. You taught me that. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Man, oh, man. I watched this awesome. Remember we talked about Andrew Huberman? Um, he was the guy on the Good For You podcast. The um, neurologist who talked about the eyes being a piece of the brain that just gets pushed out of the skull. <laughs> Did we talk about him? That was not me. I get, we definitely talked about him. No, but I think, I do believe you think that we did because you send me a lot of links of stuff that he did. Oh, and- okay. Okay, so you just didn't read it, maybe, or look at it. <laughs> so I was talking at you and you were not listening. Okay. Well, <laughs> I think that's what it was. Maybe. So there is a really good episode of Good For You with Whitney Cummings. Oh, I did text you about this because I was like, you have to get past... Um, I, I was very distracted by the fact that it seems like she's flirting with him hard through the whole thing, which I don't have a problem with flirting, but it's less flirting and it's more, um, like, uh, giggling, lots of giggling, lots Mm -hmm. of being silly. And it's like, oh, come on, like tighten it up here. I want to hear like, I want to hear the neuroscience. Let's stop being like goofy kids. Hang on one second. Uh, okay, so getting back into it, Andrew, uh, so I found it uh, a little, yeah, she she's real giggly through the whole thing, and I get it, because he is, like, very handsome and very fascinating, and I would probably be really goofy and giggly around him, too. So, anyways, he talks about the development of the brain, low brain, mid brain, um, high brain which we've talked about before but he i've never thought of it this way before about the eyes being a piece of the brain the only piece of the brain that gets pushed outside of the skull and how then they become a messaging they well obviously your eyes are a messaging system to your brain but about how it signals you for circadian rhythms which is obvious you know we know that but he just talks about how did i start talking about him what was the fact we were after <laughs> Um, I, it's probably something very interesting, but probably, probably. Okay. So, um, we were talking about you laying down and resting versus sleeping Mm -hmm. and then, well, I don't, and the listeners are probably like, we know, cause you just said it two seconds ago. Um, I don't remember, but anyways, listen to that episode if you get a chance, cause it is, uh, very interesting. I don't remember why. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Good. I'm glad that we glad that we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, we had a pretty heated discussion yesterday about intermittent fasting uh-huh. and wanting to um, rename it and just uh-huh. we have we and we both have differing point of views with about intermittent fasting i guess too we do i i don't know that we do i think 
I mean, we both understand about autophagy, right? Like, I mean, and the benefits of, so for listeners who aren't familiar with that, that's if you go a certain amount of time without eating essentially, or without adequate fuel, your cells will start to um, regenerate. And it's one of the reasons that they connect um, 12 hours of not eating with lower um, risk for um, Alzheimer's and dementia because it can clear, it, it potentially could clear some of that plaque that is the problem when it comes to uh, Alzheimer's and dementia. So I understand autophagy for sure. Um, but do you want to say a little bit about like what, how you intermittent fast? Sure. So I, um, my husband was fasting or intermittent fasting and I did not, I was, didn't think that that made any sense. I always thought we need to keep fueling our body, give ourselves a little bit of fuel, have some snacks in between meals. And then I read the book, the obesity code and in the science behind fasting has just was really interesting. So I thought I'd give it a try. And I started with just small amounts of fasting, like started with eight, then maybe up to 10, 12. And I just kept going. And then I could easily fast for 21, 22 hours without batting an eye. Like, and I felt good. I felt healthy. I wasn't bloated. Um, I slept better. Just like only positives came from it. So, um, I, typically do it typically fast like every day like I just don't eat until I'm hungry which might be 11 it might be nine I just listen to my body and when I'm like I'm really hungry I really need fuel to keep going then I'll eat and I typically stop eating around between four and six p.m. Um, it's been later in the winter for whatever reason I think just the comfort of wanting more food when it's cold out um, but I will tell you when I am vacationing or just being more social where there's more opportunities to eat later at night, I feel horrible the, the next days. Like I look like I'm several months pregnant, like my bloating just gets out of control. It's really crazy. The benefits um, that I get from fasting and how quickly I see them because after I kind of wreck havoc on my body for a few days a day or two of fasting and my bloating goes down and it's just so much not a not a full day or two of fasting a day or two of intermittent fasting and my bloating's gone and I just feel better a lot better yeah and I find that intermittent fasting is um the thing that helps me feel the better the fastest after I've like eaten something that like upsets my system Mm -hmm. so like if I have too much dairy or something is just off like my thing to go to is like give my digestive system a break and then just make sure that I'm um fasting but I the heated part that I'm start so I just am getting more and more concerned about the idea of intermittent fasting being so widespread and generalized that it seems to be pretty trendy right now that people are like oh have you tried intermittent fasting and i just i i feel like so many people have disordered eating disorganized eating um they don't have intuitive eating signals their hunger systems signals don't 
um, uh, work effectively um, or efficiently. Um, and we call it intermittent fasting and it's like, oh, it's got all these health benefits, but like, what is the difference between um, depriving yourself of food and intermittent fasting? And like, it's, it's very nuanced, mm-hmm. I think, because it has to do with intent. It has to do with um, how you feel. And like, I hear about people doing long extended fast to fast for like 48 hours where they're like, you got to push through the hunger. You got to push through the headache. You got to push through the fatigue. And it's like, do you though? Or are you supposed to be paying attention to those kinds of things? You know, right. are you supposed to be um, learning from those signals and teaching your body, you know, okay, you, t- you tell me when you need food and I respond by feeding you. And it really got me thinking about, um, it got me thinking a lot about why those signals exist in the first place. And it, this actually is an argument for intermittent fasting. So like, or the argument for intermittent fasting, I guess it was woven into this because when you hear about um, the different I- ideas of, you know, pockets of fasting and pockets of eating is that our, our digestive systems are designed that way because that's how um, early people used to eat, right? right? Like they would go periods of not eating, of resting and, and not eating. And then periods of hunting and gathering and um, stocking up on foods. Um, and they're not meant to be snacking all day necessarily. This is, this is a gross generalization, right? But then I started thinking about that's, that's why I think eating for some people, for lots of people, is so complex. <laughs> because, like, we're designed, it's designed to be a very, like, black and white system right like you're hungry there's food you should eat the food your body will store it in case there's a famine and then you and then you're fasting and then you eat and then you fast and then you eat right but now we've got all these layers added into an industrialized world like you said like if you're socializing and you have access to food when you're not necessarily hungry and you eat food when you're not necessarily hungry or you eat more food than you need or that is comfortable for you or food that your body doesn't recognize as food or um, you know, you, or the opposite is true is that you're around, your body gears up for food and it doesn't get it. So like, for instance, when you eat artificial sweeteners or processed mm-hmm. foods, your body, when you smell food that may require insulin, some people, their blood sugar goes up because their body's like, we're a whole system here. We smell, we smell cookies. We see cookies. We taste sweet we're ready to process cookies. And then if you don't eat cookies, your body has to do something with that. So like, that's not how we were initially, how the system initially worked. And and I think it's part of why it makes it so um, eating and hunger and that whole thing so nuanced for people. Um, But I just, I get concerned about, you know, and I was listening to an interview with two people actually who had some disordered eating, which by the way, I just read this fact. I think they sent it to you about how um, the statistics show that a child born today is uh, like four times more likely to develop disordered eating than they are to develop type two diabetes. But which one do you hear more about? You know, like Mm -hmm. you hear more about like, you know, diet culture and things like that and less about intuitive eating, hunger signals, um, the social connection to food and things like that. Um, 
so I just worry about so anytime somebody's talking about intermittent fasting, I I think okay if I replace the words intermittent fasting with restricted eating, depriving myself of food, starving myself, not eating, um, does it still make sense? Like or is it actually questionable? Because I mean when you look at the different categories of disordered eating, like for instance the other day I had somebody who. Um, she does intermittent fasting and she inter- she did a, a fast for 24 hours because she wanted to prepare to eat a ginormous meal um, at a restaurant that she really liked. And it was like, that's, Mm-mm. that's a, that's a, that's a yellow flag. <laughs> like right. that, if you are starving so you can binge, and when you see how, just when you even change the language, it's like, okay, well that sounds unhealthy and that sounds like not, um, what we're going for you know exactly um and so it's just it feels like it's such a danger zone um and then I'm seeing all this stuff all over like we're saturated right with social media and all these like self-proclaimed experts that are like it's calories in calories out calories in calories out calories in calories out and it's like that's also it's so much more nuanced than that it depends on what type of calories you're eating it depends on how your body works when you eat those calories what kind of movement do you get like there's so many different things that go into calories and calories out that you would never say to somebody um who I mean imagine saying that to somebody who just has stopped eating you know and to say like okay well as long as your calories in calories out you know you're fine well that's not exactly true because if I eat zero calories that's not efficient that's, and in fact for some people that won't even help them lose weight exactly and and i we do have on our topics list to um to talk about types of cat the different types of calories i also just saw on social media someone that was preparing for a 48 hour fast for their first fast and they were going out to eat like a greasy burger which is not the way you should prepare your body for a fast. If you're about to fast, you need to give your body lots of good nutrients. Now, when I intermittent fast, I don't say, oh, I'm gonna stop eating now, so I'm gonna make sure this is, I'm gonna eat salad right before I stop fasting. Maybe it is an ice cream that I have my last, like I have my dessert at four or whatever, so that I'm just done eating. But I'm also only fasting for a smaller amount of time and my body is used to it at this point. So I don't, have the same reaction that some might if you're just like, I'm just gonna go all in, 48 hours, that's what I'm gonna do tomorrow. Because when I fast, I don't have an issue with my blood sugar spiking like I do when I'm just eating like a traditional American schedule of eating where if I eat breakfast, I am more hungry throughout the day. Like if I get up and eat right away, because I might eat breakfast, like eggs or whatever, at lunchtime, but if I get up and first thing, like I eat something right when I wake up, my blood sugar is spiking every time I'm hungry. It's like I get shaky. Does I get it depend hungry. on what you eat? Um, no, it just matters if I eat like immediately. If I'm just like, oh, I'm awake, I'm just gonna eat, as opposed to being like, I'm gonna wait until my body feels hungry. So that's where the the difference comes into play is listening to your body and not worrying so much about putting the um, labels on everything. 
Because if your body only um, can only fast today for eight hours, well, great. That was eight hours of time that your body had to rebuild and regenerate the cells that they wouldn't have had the opportunity to focus on if you were constantly putting food in your mouth. So maybe tomorrow you can go for 12 hours, which if you think about it, if you eat your last thing at 7 p.m. and your first thing at 7 a.m., you got 12 hours right there. I don't think anyone's so easy. Yeah, yeah, no one's gonna really be deprived of anything. And then maybe the next day you go 15. There's different, and everybody, everybody is different. So where you hit um, fat burning versus where I hit fat burning, it's it, there's like a window of time that typically everyone will fall in. But different um, processes happen at different times. So between eight and 12 hours, this would happen. And I tried to find my book because I haven't been really focusing on everything that happens at different um, time periods, but it's disappeared. But then like 16 to 20 hour fast, then you're in ketosis and then 20 to 24 hours, it's autophagy and, or whatever it works out to be. And it just, um, I can feel a difference. Like, I mean, you can start to like feel your body working for itself. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm at 16. I'm going to just push to 18 because I want to get that extra um, benefit from my fast. But again, I've been doing it now since about six months after I stopped nursing. So probably a year off and, like off and on. So my body's really used to it and it works for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I should say too, that I, um, uh, the first time I tried to do the first time I successful, the first time I did intermittent fasting, um, I tried to do, I want to say like 18 hours and, um, it was suggested to me. And in retrospect, I just should have relied on my intuition and own knowledge to question this, but it was suggested like, you know, it's going to be really hard at first, so, um, you, but you can have black coffee and you can have, you know, some caffeine or whatever. You just cannot have more than 50 calories because that will break your fast and stall your autophagy. Well, um, I did that for maybe like three weeks where try, you know, tried to do the 18 hour thing and I ended and drinking caffeine on an empty stomach, um, which I'm not a big time caffeine person anyway. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a ton of caffeine by any, by any means. And I ended up with an ulcer. So like my, um, you know, which took like three or four months. I mean, I had to go to the Cleveland clinic and get treated for an ulcer. They didn't scope it or anything to like, see what the, damage was but the pain was um very it was mm. very painful um and uh I mean I had to take loads of medications for like three to four months to get my stomach just back to back to regular so that's a word of caution too that um you know you can't just drink black coffee necessarily on an empty stomach without just checking in with your body to find out and that sounds ridiculous to say it but it's like that's not all I was I mean I was drinking tons of water I drank tons of water um and when I was eating I wasn't eating healthy foods so um there's just a lot to take into account um 
Yeah, there's just a lot to take into account. I have a question semi-related to water and coffee. Okay. <laughs> that I've been meaning to ask you forever. So it seems to me, and we had a conversation about this before, where it's like, if you take a supplement, if you take it on, or an edible or something, if you take it on a full stomach, if it will take longer to process or it will just get in the mix. Remember when we were talking yeah. about that? It's like, if you eat your food and then it sits on the top, like I always imagine like you eat your food, it sits on top. But when it comes to liquids, I'm like, okay, if, you, if I can have one cup of coffee a day and I have one cup of coffee, but then I add 24 ounces of water to it, is it different than having a cup of coffee and 24 ounces of water? Because if we were to drink all those things at the same time, you know, see what I'm saying? So like, um, so you're saying you would water down your cup of coffee with 24 ounces of water and then drink it like that. Yeah. Why would Is that nutritionally the same? Um, because I don't necessarily want more caffeine, but I want, I don't necessarily want to drink plain water. Um, that just sounds so horrible. (laughs) I don't like that idea. (laughs) just can't imagine drinking such watered down coffee um well and i water a lot of stuff down with um soda water so it's like if i had like for instance if i had that sounds even worse soda water coffee oh yeah (laughs) oh not soda water coffee but like i might take um you know like a non-alcoholic beer for instance because they have they're so high in carbs and calories that it's like okay well maybe i'll have like a little bit of this and just add a ton of soda water to it and it's like well is that essentially different than having i don't know it seems like it seems like it's the same it seems like you could drink a lot of water flavored by whatever one thing you look like you're not buying it well, sure. If you need to flavor your water in order to drink it, then yeah, flavor it. But I don't, I think it's, I think I'm focusing too much on the fact that you want to water down your coffee too much because that just sounds. Okay. Let me use a different example. So zip fizz, I love zip fizz, right? But I'm only, I only quote unquote allowed. Um, this is like my restricted eating stuff coming out. I'm like, I'm only allowed to have one of it. Um, but there is a shit ton of vitamins in there and there's also, um, a hunk of caffeine. So it's not something that you should have three or four of a day. So I'm like, okay, well I'll have one of these a day, but what if I have, so the other, the reason I was thinking about this is that the other, this happens a lot where I'll have one zip fizz, but I, but I didn't drink any plain water the whole day. I just had a little bit of zip fizz in every water that I drink. Now, is that water less beneficial than just plain water? No. Or is it essentially the same as if I had just taken this plain old Zip Fizz, drank it in an eight-ounce glass, and then followed it with 7,000 ounces of water? (laughs) Yeah, the only reason why, to go back to coffee, coffee is a diuretic, so it's going to have you urinate more and... Um, the caffeine will like dry you up a little bit, I guess. Um, so that's why, like, if you just have a cup of coffee, that's not a big deal. If you have nine cups of coffee, then you should have a gazillion more, more gallons of water, ounces of water than you would normally have. But a zip fizz, if you're putting a little bit in all of your water, that's not a problem. That would just be, it would be similar to if you were throwing like fruit in it to flavor it, you're just putting a little bit of flavoring. And I will preface that or 
post that since I'm saying it after, but um, that <laughs> it's different than if you use just the just those um, water flavors that are full of food dye and full of artificial flavors. Yeah, gross. That is going to be different yeah. than. I didn't even realize that this had caffeine in it. I thought it was just the vitamin B12 that gave you the kick. It's got, it's a nat, quote unquote natural source of caffeine. Um, well, isn't all caffeine natural? It's like coffee's a natural source of uh, caffeine. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Is it? Because I didn't like energy drinks. I don't think it's necessarily from coffee. I think the caffeine might be synthetic somehow. I, that's a total guess. I don't know enough about caffeine sources so this caffeine is from uh green tea leaf extract and green coffee bean extract and caffeine uh, and hydrus and guayana seed extract but i think it i think i read it has like 100 milligrams of caffeine which is like a cup and a half of coffee mm. yeah it contains 100 milligrams well, I will say that like an average cup of coffee is eighty. Zip fizz gives me like I feel energized after I have zip fizz. Coffee, I could drink coffee and like go right to bed. I it, coffee kind of like mellows me out even more because it's like the warm, cozy, crawl under a blanket feel. I get, I get so acidic when I drink coffee. Oh my gosh, I get like heartburn and. Um, I did get some decaf coffee because I'm with you. Like there is a part of me that's like, it's so, it's nice and warm. And, um, I love like a black coffee. Like it just, um, I like that sharp, rich, um, taste of a hot black coffee. <laughs> See, that sounds so I like tasty. warm cream with a little bit of coffee in mine. I'm, I'm more drinking it for yeah, like, the, the creamer. But I cannot drink, well, I don't drink it black anyways, but I could put some heavy cream in it to still have it while I'm fasting, but I cannot have coffee be the first thing I have in the morning. It will make me shaky and just, like, my head hurt. It needs to be later in the day. But I did just get this, which I haven't tried it yet, but you might like it. It's an er a mushroom herbal coffee, in quotes. It's turkey tail astragalus. Um, oh, I love turkey tails. And so there's no That's coffee awesome. in this. Where my other one is does have coffee, and it's by. I've, I've had Tuchino. other mushroom like adaptogen um, coffee replacements that really taste like shit. <laughs> they don't taste like coffee at all. So I'll be interested to see. You might. But you could always mix that together with a little bit of coffee. Well, that's I have what it had. Says so when I tried the Four Sigmatic. When I tried the Four Sigmatic stuff, I swear it gives me, um, it's supposed to like mellow you out, right? And I swear it gives me anxiety, but it might just be that I'm drinking it too early in the morning. I worked with this really knowledgeable um, PT person who said, if you're going to have caffeine, you should have it mid-morning, like 10 a.m. And that for women in particular, caffeine first thing in the morning because your cortisol is already high is bad for your adrenals. So... Mm. Well, that seems to be the case with me. I'm normally like a one o'clock coffee drinker and sometimes I just won't even have it, but I'm like, oh, I just kind of want it. It's it's more of the habit of making myself a cup of coffee than the actual need to like consume the coffee. That's like what our theme and this podcast is all about, right? Like the ritual is what you're craving, not necessarily the coffee. 
And that's like, that's what this is all about exploring all the part, different parts of like food and actions and drinks and whatever that are not necessarily about what you're craving, but the parts that come with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Way to bring it full circle, Sarah. You're welcome. Um, I know that we were supposed to talk about a monthly, or we were supposed to think our monthly challenge was to identify a monthly challenge for March. I failed and did not come up with one. Did you come up with one? No, but it's also not March yet, so I've really been brainstorming. Oh, so you're like full brainstorming. Yeah, I've got just a list of things that I'm trying to narrow down. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Okay. (laughs) All right, people, well, let us know if you have an idea for a monthly challenge. And where can they contact us? At what? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't have it on here. But wait, before we go, what's our secret ingredient? You have to choose it today. <gasps> oh, yeah. Did you pick? Wait, I couldn't hear you. Did you pick out a secret ingredient or do you want me to come up I want with you right to now? Pick, I want you to pick it right off the cuff. Okay, um, I don't think of one that's going to be hard for you. Um, <laughs> okay, what would you, you know what, let me look at my fridge real quick and see if maybe you can give me ideas on how you use some of this food. Um, okay, I want to hear about how, what you would do with um, spinach. Oh, spinach. Um, use it in salad. We put it in smoothies. Um, we add it to um, omelets, um, soup, like a broth soup. I would just throw uh, it in at the end. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good call. Saute it. What did we just saute it with the other day? Um, my husband really likes it sauteed. And I, mm-hmm. but it's like yeah. a good oil. Oh, my gosh, sauteed yeah. spinach. What about you? Very good. Um, I love to make spinach dip. So... Um, what I typically do is use like a high quality mayo, um, with chopped artichokes, spinach, garlic, a little, uh, cap full of, um, lemon juice. What else do I put in it? Um, and that's it. Sometimes I'll top it with some like aged Parmesan cheese, but it's so good with some flackers or some pork rinds. Oh wow, so good. And the nice thing is, too, is that if you have some left over, you can, like, bake it on top of chicken or mm. um, you can eat it cold. There's just a I'm, I'm into a good spinach dip. But I haven't made spinach soup in a long time. You've got the wheels turning with that. But I always forget that spinach, free, like, it freezes well. Mm-hmm. So you can take it, like, if it's on its last day and you're like, well, I'm not going to eat this bucket of spinach today. You can just put it in, an, in, a, in like a Ziploc container, push all the air out of it, freeze it. And then when you want to make spinach dip, you just crumble. It's, you can crumble it with your hands and you don't even have to chop it. Or th- you can throw it in a soup when it's frozen like that too. I do that for our smoothies too. I just, when we're getting towards the end, I just, what, the bag or the clamshell, whatever it comes in, I just throw it in the freezer. I don't do anything special. And then as I need it, I just pull it out for... Yeah, I also find that my spinach lasts a lot longer if, like, if I get it in those plastic container things, if you put 
um, like two paper towel mm-hmm. folded over on top of it. It just soaks up like all the moisture. It doesn't get as funky. But finish stinks when it's going yeah. bad. Yeah. I do the, the towel thing in my bowl of salad because we just make a big bulk salad for like to last a couple days and I'll throw a paper towel on top too because otherwise you get the condensation on the lid. That's a good idea. I've been like craving salads lately but it always turns me off like when I open the fridge to make a salad like when it's cold outside mm-hmm. I just cannot bring myself to and they actually say it's better for your digestion and Ayurveda they're like you should not eat raw vegetables in um in the cold months like you should oh. eat meats and grains and cooked foods to match again like how we were designed that you would eat stuff that normally would be like pickled or like in season um yeah so but i have been i have so many good salad dressings and like i make so many really amazing salads but i just my body does not want cold salad when it's cold outside yeah i wonder if there are any good hot salads i guess you could just put a spinach salad with whatever you put on it in a frying pan right yeah or like I'll do wilted salads where I'll just put whatever our main dish is right on top of my salad, so then everything kind of warms up in there. And oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I think I'm gonna make some spinach and sautéed mushrooms. There you go. That sounds, that sounds really good right now. Okay. All right. Well, so our continued challenge then is to think of proposals for our March monthly challenge. Exactly. Got it. So if you listeners have any ideas, DM us on Instagram at what are you craving podcast. And we're looking forward to talking to you again soon. Yep. Yep.